if you have to overcome something, it makes you do something you never did before and it makes you feel like more powerful and more influential and you're stepping out of your comfort zone, you're thinking outside the box and it's priceless. You, you can never learn that if your way in life is just uh, smooth and uh, simple. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that, for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you. Thank you all so much for the support. Oh my God, this is wonderful. People participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel, Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, and Monaco, top 25 in Austria. Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland, top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai, and top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places, because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Daria Sinelnikova. Dasha is from Kiev, currently studying in the 11th form at a Ukrainian high school and graduating. 
her hobbies. She is keen on dancing and used to be a professional ballroom dancer. But now she is more focused on modern styles. She graduated from music school last summer so she can play the piano and the violin. Dasha likes debating and took part in many competitions. In addition to this, Dasha coordinates with her classmates at school as a member of the student council, an eco project where they started sorting garbage and sending it to the recycling station on a regular basis. Moreover, she has volunteering experiences in eco-activism and in helping differently abled children. Dasha took part in many projects organized by the Junior Academy of Science of Ukraine. She is a UWC 2021 finalist, UWC Costa Rica 23. Dasha enjoys reading books and painting in the evening. Dasha, how are you today? Uh, I'm, I'm actually great. Thanks for asking. I want to begin with a question that I feel should be asked to you. <laughs> these days, these weeks, in this period, what seems to be something that you think about a lot because it's important in your life or something happening that is big or just something that you want to understand more? What could this be? Um, okay, so recently I was thinking a lot about my school exams because they just finished like a couple of days ago and now I'm free because I have, I suppose, successfully uh, passed all of them and now I'm more thinking about my arrive and my my leaving and my arriving to Costa Rica in August so I have to do a lot of documents before that do a lot of schoolwork as well before uh, leaving Ukraine and that's what I'm thinking a lot about thank you and does that give you actually time to imagine that first step you will put outside of the airplane in Costa Rica smell how it will smell feel the air and look around at the fertile green lands and imagine eating mango and coconut? I mean, are you being so busy and inundated with the schoolwork that you have no time to daydream? Or did you imagine that? And how do you imagine those first days of going to Costa Rica? Um. Well, I think I daydreamed like in March when I just uh, understood that I can go to Costa Rica and that I was I was nominated for the scholarship and that my parents accepted it. So I was daydreaming like three months ago. For now, I probably I don't re- fully realize that I'm going and I cannot experience like actual feelings because it is so like blurred and vague for me and so distant that I cannot like truly feel and understand that I'll be somewhere on completely another continent in like less than two months. But yeah, I, I think that that leads me to the point that I don't have time to do it, but it it is not because I don't have time, but it's more because I think I'll understand that I'm somewhere not at home only like after a couple of weeks in Costa Rica, because I finally understand that I'm not having a vacation there, that I'm kind of living in a different country. 
I love what you're saying. And actually today I was reading a book about psychology and one of the facts they mentioned is human beings are unable to understand the value of any experience until it becomes a memory. So you're very correct that you'll value the arriving to Costa Rica a couple of weeks later when you have that as a memory and your brain is able to value it. And therefore, let's speak about memories because those are things you already value. What is something in your life Maybe an activity, a period, an experience, even a memory or a story that really, really, really ignites fire in your heart that makes you feel alive, bright, excited, and just you treasure it highly because it's either an activity that when you do, you feel flow and life or a memory that when times are tough, you remember and you get re-energized. Um, Oh, that's a really complicated question because there are a lot of things I love doing. But the first, probably the first thing which comes to my mind is uh, the time when I I, I used to live not in Kyiv, but in Cherkasy, that's a smaller town in Ukraine. And when I was in eighth grade, we participated, like me and my team, we participated, a couple of my classmates, we participated in the projects from uh, small academy, junior academy of science of Ukraine. And those projects were like diplomacy schools in Poland with Poland, uh, they were made to um, make a better connection between Ukraine and Poland, considering all the complicated history be- between these two countries. And also, we had like a philosophy school in Poland and Olympiad of Creativity in Poland, where we represented Ukraine. We were like we and one more team. Uh, it was our delegation. So I think that was like a very good time in my life where we studied at school less because there were not so much stuff to do uh, because it was like eighth grade, not 11th. And we, we had a lot of time to participate in like some kind of projects which were like really invaluable experience and priceless emotions and communication and people I know from different countries. Tell me more about that. You said the priceless emotions, the people from different countries, but what makes it special? Is it like connection? Is it the new emotions? Is it something that you felt like an adult or I don't know? But What is about that experience that was your favorite part or the most valuable part? I think the most, probably not the most valuable part, but why I love with my whole heart all those projects, and I do participate in them sometimes right now, uh, is that I love non-formal education. When you don't study like at school and you don't do math like every day uh, and you, you don't have an option what to do, but I like doing creative things and uh, stepping out of our comfort zone, learning something, some new ways of learning, not exactly new facts because we can do that at school, but some new ways of learning and that involves communication and that involves like meeting new people. And it's always like fun and uh, 
experience to meet people from like different countries and communicate with them because even if you live like on the same continent in in Europe for example like western Europe you, you still have different uh, mentality and different cultures and I really love sharing it between people so just to summarize two points non-formal education and meeting people I could never meet like in Kyiv or in Cherkasy where I used to live Tell me more, but in a different way. Do you imagine a world where non-formal education is the basic and most important kind of education? Or do you view it like a side dish, as something where we cannot replace the school education, but you believe we can enhance it through those experiences? Because to me, I think actually that making a world where people have those experiences as the way they learn, where they follow their creativity and curiosity, will create much better students and people who are exploring new things rather than having a formal uh, structure that might not fit everyone. But what do you think? Uh, so I think that formal education have to exist maybe not in a way um, in which it does now but we at least that's my opinion we have to study like some basic things um, though we definitely have to especially like in countries which are not the most developed in the world we have to work more on non non-formal education because I agree with you. It makes you a different person in a way that math and uh, like classic literature can never make. So it has to be a balance. And as for me right now, we are like mm, leaking that balance with non-formal education and mostly concentrating only on formal stuff. Thank you. And tell me about dance in many ways. It's one of the best educations that any human being can have. But to you, what is your most favorite part when it comes to dance? Is it the beginning that maybe you're having a bad day, but you think, wow, tonight I will have a dance session and everything is going to be okay? Or is it the beginning where you feel your body warming up and your mood changing? Or is it the middle where you forget everything and you're just movement, and you're just flow, or the end, when you finish, you feel proud of what you did, and you feel full of energy to do something else that will be wonderful. What is your favorite part? And tell me more about it. Mm, yeah, um, I would probably go with the middle, because when I go to training, sometimes, of course, not always, but Sometimes I am in a bad mood and something not really pleasant happened like a couple of hours before. And I need like the first 15 minutes to just forget about it, to switch off my mind. And then like in the middle, when we already like learned a couple of movements and we are doing it with the music, not just with a coaches counting. That's what I like the most, I should say. Uh, I also like the feeling uh, after the training when you feel better than you used to feel like before, uh, like two hours ago. But if you ask me about my favorite part, then I choose the middle. Thank you. 
And do you have any memory or story about dance that truly, truly is a treasure that you love, that you have experienced? Oh, then I should probably think about ballroom dances. So, well, I think I can I can tell one because um, I turned my ligaments like two years ago uh, when I was dancing, and that's quite a serious injury. But I I returned back to dancing a lot earlier than I should have, and uh, because we had to participate in that Europe Championship in Poland where we went and we were like really training hard before it because it was very important for us. We knew with my partner that it will probably be the last European competition for us together. And uh, we really wanted to be like in the final. So among six best couples on that tournament. However, we ended up being the seventh, which was kind of sad and dissatisfying because it's not like the twen- 20s when you understand that you're far away from your result but you're like a step behind your result the result you wanted to have but that taught me to accept the things the way they are and to like move forward just even when you're completely upset and you know that you won't be able to per, like to, to dance again on that competition, you won't be able to, to, to have that trophy you wanted, but still accept the circumstances because you've done everything you, you were able to. Tell me more, because what I know about human beings is they don't learn from one experience. It's like you need to be knocked on the head multiple times. So what was about that that was so transformative? Or was it only during that, but then the natural human habit of demanding of ourselves even more than we can came back? So for example, now in your exams, whatever the results will be, do you accept that? Or do you demand in many ways excellence always out of yourselves in a way that might even be higher than humanly achievable? Um, So I I have pretty high expectations of myself all the way through my life. And of course, that wasn't the time when my, my mind just stopped making too high expectations. No, but that was probably like the point in my life where I understood that, okay, like 15 previous competitions, I didn't have the result I wanted to, like we didn't have the result we wanted to. And now we also don't. So probably something is wrong with our expectations. Uh, And because there were like a lot of competitions before that one. Uh, But speaking about like, exams for example which i had like a week ago um i I won't be satisfied with the result even though i have like i I will have like a good result because we are able to to check answers right after the exam but i'm working on that It, it is not easy for me because again i should repeat that i i normally have very high expectations of myself and never live up to them because they're too high but i I'm kind of working in the direction of changing my attitude to it. And every day I'm making like little steps in order to change my attitude. Thank you. And you said that the middle part, that's the part that is most 
interesting for you when it comes to dance and also the end, but you began with the middle. Tell me more about that. And have you had any experiences? Like some of the guests who were dancers, they said, sometimes it's as if when they practice uh, choreography enough, it's as if the energy of the universe or an angels or something magical is moving them and they feel recharged and almost as if they're watching their body move in its own way that is magical, perfect, and amazing that it even surprises themselves. But when they try to control it, when they try to be uptight about the movement, it doesn't happen. So when they let it happen, sometimes they have almost metaphysical or meditative experiences just through dance, as if they're not moving, but it's the source of life in the universe that moves them. Did you have such experiences? And tell me your thoughts. Mm. Yeah, I agree with the point that sometimes when you try to uh, concentrate on what you're doing and to fully control everything, in the end, it, it, it happens to be even worse th than it was like previous times. So sometimes it's definitely better not to control, to fully control yourself after you already learned like all the movements in the choreography and just move the way you want and wait for that universe power to to move with you with the music so yeah i i do know what people are talking about when they, they are explaining these particular feelings and i also love them so yeah that happens thank you and do you consider yourself a very emotional girl or a very athletic girl, or a very intellectual kind of girl, or a very kind of visionary, chaotic girl? <laughs> like, what would describe you more? And those are the four sides of the brain hemispheres that I can, are often more dominant in some people than others. Um, well, I don't like saying about myself that I'm very good at something. Uh, I just, I don't think I have problems with self-esteem, especially low self-esteem, though I really don't don't think of myself as of someone who is very good, exceptionally good at something, though um, I would say probably intellectual at that point, uh, because uh, other, other things do apply to me as well. However, when I have to choose between something, I'm always choosing like mental work, not physical, when there are like two equally good choices and I know that I can I cannot choose both of them, I would go with intellectual part. So that's that would be my answer. Yes, and this is fascinating now because normally, like you said, you wouldn't choose the embodied kind of work. Well, dance. How come dance is such a big part of your life if you're more of a brainiac and intellectual? And how can you combine both sides of your personality? Because often those can be a contradiction, being intellectual and logical while being a dancer, which is more embodied and highly emotional, where you flow with the emotions of the movements. How do you combine those? Did you have any interesting thoughts about these? Hmm. 
First of all, I should probably mention that I'm quite emotional, uh, not extremely emotional, though not locked up in myself. How can I combine those two parts of myself? That's a very interesting question because um, sometimes I'm torn between them, but when I ended dancing ballroom dances, I wasn't turned between two choices anymore, like for more than a year. So now I'm struggling to answer how am I combining? I just, I just, I, I, I feel like I have to mention that when I dance after trainings, after even not only dancing, but other sports, other physical activities, my brain is working better and uh, I, I really have to switch off to, um, to to do something different from like an intellectual work. And that makes my brain think better after all, like after a couple of uh, hours of trainings. So combining those things are quite ne- not natural, but even necessary for me. Thank you. You spoke about the emotions and being highly emotional, so it reminded me of something. Some of the girls that were guests here on my podcast, they said, inside, they're highly emotional. They feel everything. They can be happy or sad, etc. But it seems to be maybe a Ukrainian thing, or at least those girls that have a poker face that is very serious, so much so that... When they go abroad, often people will say, why is that girl so angry all the time? But she's not. It's just her face is serious. And even one of the girls said she thinks she is smiling, but she's not. Her face is angry and people are like, what's going on with this girl? Do you have such experiences? Do you have a very stern, serious poker face? Or that's not you. You're very expressive facially uh, i i guess i had that thing like until last year because even at school or not only at school like at music school at dance classes whenever people were saying why are you so angry upset sad tired terrified and all the other emotions which are not pleasant and i was just normal or I was trying to even smile sometimes, but people were always telling me that I'm feeling sad, or I'm, I'm looking sad or angry. And I didn't understand what they m- meant, what they were trying to say. And like this year in 11th grade, somehow everything has changed because people are even at school again they are telling me that oh this year you look so much happier than last year and i feel like it's the consequences me leaving dance like ballroom dances as a professional sport because last year i was like so uh, tired because i slept like for four hours and probably that's what caused my angry sad slash terrified face and this year it became better and people told me that i i'm smiling more but for me it feels like i'm smiling the same amount of time though i don't know i probably it's better to believe other people because they see me from the side and i cannot do that thank you that's actually fascinating about sleeping four hours, being tired, etc. Your opinion, if you had a, a child someday, would you recommend to them that they do that? Or would you say, never do that, be balanced all your life, it's not worth it? What would be your advice? 
Uh, well, I would say not to sleep four hours a day, but I guess that it's a valuable experience to, 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 to have that moment in your life when you're turned between like three, five, seven tasks you have to do and you cannot give up each of them because and better to do that like in a young age when your body can handle this stress just to understand like on your own experience that you cannot do like all the things at once you cannot control everything you cannot be the best in everything and to because I guess like in on your own experience it is always more memorable and it is always more valuable you can understand truly feel the emotion of tiredness because if just somebody says it to you you just don't care because you're concentrated on something else so my 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 answer uh, would be I will definitely say that to my children if I have them someday but I think they won't listen to me uh, at first and they will have the experience in their life and the point when I hope they'll finally understand that it has be balanced it has to be balanced and uh, they will like learn how to set priorities in their lives thank you Dasha and you're actually speaking not as an intellectual because intellectuals learn from the experiences and the wisdom of others you're speaking in a way which is more embodied or as a dancer where you learn from your own experience. Is this true? Or is it that you notice people don't listen to advice at all? So you think it's uh, really useless to give people advice. They have to feel the pain and learn the lessons. While for yourself, you like, enjoy, and prefer to learn from books, courses, wise people, etc., so that you don't learn through pain. What is your attitude? And so I believe that we cannot learn everything from our mistakes because we cannot live for like a thousand of years. That's why we probably have to listen to wise people, wise books uh, and uh, advices which we are given like on a daily basis though some things we when we mm, choose not to listen to people or we choose not to follow the way people are thinking uh, probably our decision is wrong or it might be wrong it might be correct and we'll learn it only in process of doing something we chose to do so sometimes it is important to listen to wise people and to do what they recommend doing however sometimes you have to choose your own path and only then you'll know what really happens after you choose what you want to this is wonderful i agree with you and it's more balanced than many other thoughts so you're not going to the extremes tell me about painting what is magical or special about painting mm. so first of all i have to mention that i am not a professional painter and i'm only learning with those like online courses some i sometimes buy or like even free workshops or just workshops so i don't have any diplomas in that uh, but i feel like when I draw, I forget about things even more than when I dance. Uh, and when I like the result of what I draw, that makes me 
a feeling of doing something magical and uh, of being powerful. I don't know why, but it is actually true. And I like just that switches off my mind as physical activity. And sometimes when I'm physically not good, I can draw and that will be a, a good uh, relaxation, a good time to just spend uh, on things I enjoy. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, maybe there are two parts to the painting. One is it switches off your mind even more than dancing. So maybe you're tired or you had a bad day. You can forget everything thanks to the painting. But secondly, too, when you like the results of your work, you feel powerful and you like that feeling. Did I understand correctly? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about powerful. What does it mean to you personally? Uh, to me, it means being sustainable and uh, probably influential, but not... Well, I, I sometimes uh, uh, consider power to be success Sometimes I don't, uh, but being powerful to me is, yeah, being, being sustainable, being confident and uh, being successful. That's why I, I told that sometimes I consider power to be success because being successful, it, if I am successful, it makes me powerful. That's how to make a link between those two words. Thank you. So powerful can be successful it is often confident and sometimes influential. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Tell me what do you mean with influential and tell me about confidence and success. What do these three mean to you? So influential means, first of all, taking part in, for example, like volunteer projects or um just influential on your own life or influential on your friend's life when you understand that you like rescued somebody from a serious trouble or whatever. Uh, that what makes me feel powerful and thankful for, for the way how I can help people in this world. Then uh, not speaking about confident, confidence is the thing I have to say that for me, confidence is like in yourself. First of all, if you're not confident in yourself, then you're not like, a, you cannot be uh, powerful and you cannot be successful because being confident is like the first step to achieve all those things. And uh, the last thing you, you asked me was influential, confident, and what else? Successful. Yeah, so successful is like a complex of all those things. And for me, success is like the thing which is a re really big mainstream of the 21st century and everybody's talking about that. Though there is there is no uh, very exact and ex explicit explanation of what success is, but it's kind of a combination of confidence, power, power, and influence to me, but it's only my definition and only to myself. Thank you. That's actually really interesting. And let's 
speak about it in a different way. Do you believe, okay, let's say in this life, you can be very happy every day, but you cannot be powerful. Or you can be powerful and confident and successful, but you're sleeping four hours a day, tired, and you cannot even enjoy it to feel happy. Which one would you choose and why? Uh, okay, here I should probably ask for how long can't I sleep at all? And can't I be happy like for the rest of my life? Yes, you can sleep 12 hours a day or whatever and be happy for the rest of your life, but you're not influential, you're not powerful, and you're not successful. I would choose like sleeping four hours a day probably because um, I should say that I will be bored in a couple of months after sleeping 12 hours and being just happy with no obstacles to overcome. Uh, of, of course, it depends on the obstacles because sometimes it's better not to know something than to experience it. However, I should say that I'll choose, the, I, I would go with the second option because, yeah, I don't like being bored with my life and I always try to invent something not to be bored. So that's why I'm choosing the second option. Yes, you always invent something not to be bored. What is the value of obstacles in life to you and to humans in general? I think, I believe that obstacles are very important because without them, we either don't learn or learn very slowly, a lot slower than we can without uh, with obstacles. Because for me, for example, um, if you have to overcome something, it makes you do something you never did before and it makes you feel like more powerful and more influential and you're stepping out of your comfort zone, you're thinking outside the box and it's pr priceless. You, you can never learn that if your way in life is just uh, smooth and uh, simple. Now I'm really curious about something then to be productive, and you are a very productive girl, you need routine. And routine doesn't want excitement. It wants the same things every day again and again and again. But that might be boring to you. And you even would choose to add obstacles in your life in order, in order to overcome and think outside the box, etc. So how can you be productive, which is basically boring because you have a same routine every day and at the same time balance that with enough excitement to not be bored oh that's actually a very good question because i never thought about it but now i'm thinking that my daily routine has its obstacles pretty much all the time not major ones but for example, even at school, we always have different teachers like every semester and we have to adjust to them. Every teacher is different and that's a very like not common practice in Ukrainian schools to switch teachers a lot. But in my school, because it's private, we have that. And that's like an obstacle in a daily routine because when you have like one teacher in first semester and it demand and, and he or she demands different things and you have completely another teacher in the second semester uh, and 
he or she demands completely another things, uh, then it's like create a small problem, not a major one, of course, but with those uh, small things in daily routine, which I consider to be small obstacles, uh, this is what makes it makes my life like more mm, exciting in a very specific way. Uh, but yeah, that's what I think. And uh, about excitement also, I like to add some things to my daily routine, which I don't do on a daily basis. But for example, like uh, different applications, I really like uh, non-formal education. And I was, before I won UWC scholarship, I was like very keen on the idea of going somewhere abroad with a scholarship. And that's why I like applied on a hundred of Mm, on scholarships and I didn't want any of it and I consider that to be like obstacles and to be uh, not failures but rejects uh, quite serious ones and that one makes my daily routine with obstacles and that is why more exciting and diverse more exciting and diverse and the way you describe your life is very much like a novel and you're the hero of it. Is this something that you consider yourself? Maybe you were influenced by some movie or book or a person, a girl from one of them or a woman. And in many ways, you see yourself as a hero of a story in your life, or this is not relevant to you at all. Your life is about not being bored, which means you put obstacles, which allow you actually to grow, adapt, and learn. But it's more about being excited for the unknown rather than staying within your comfort zone. Which one is it? What are your comments and thoughts? Uh, So I, I don't really consider myself to be a hero, that I don't think of myself as of somebody unique because my definition of uniqueness is somehow else and that's why I don't consider myself to be a hero and I don't have any like movie figures or actresses or actors singers just politicians influencers who influenced me a lot I think that that was like a combination combination of hundreds of people who I follow on social media who I talk to in real life my parents my friends teachers and relatives who like influenced on me and impacted on me uh, but also commenting on like being excited uh, with my life Uh, yeah I think that like excitement is a very important thing and uh, I I cannot live like without it because it makes makes it boring so I do agree with your point about not making my life boring at least I try to I don't know will I succeed in the end like of this journey but at least I'm trying to thank you Yes, you said that before. And heroes usually actually are very weak, but they grow because of the story. And in the end, they become stronger. So I thought of you in that way. And I would like then to ask, imagine someone, and it seems to me that because of the corona pandemic, many people are depressed or sleeping 12 hours a day or cannot find the excitement or the motivation in their lives. So if you were to give advice 
to someone else, just your suggestions of how they can add some obstacles that don't demotivate them because they get rejected and hurt, but that keep their life interesting and bring back to them some excitement so they're not bored and they get motivated again. What would you say? I would say to take up a new hobby, probably, because you cannot be rejected from dancing or drawing or riding a, a horse, for example, if you're not taking part in a competition. Uh, but it really makes life more diverse and makes it different because when you try something new, it's always new emotions and it always it's always new feelings. So especially with this COVID pandemic in a lot of countries, people were not allowed even to leave homes like for almost a year. So probably like drawing or singing or doing something similar to that would be a great idea for those who think that their lives are too, too, too filled with the daily routines. That's a great suggestion. And tell me about eco-activism, why it matters to you what made you a big believer in it? And what are your thoughts about the earth and the ecology? Um, yeah, thanks for that question. Um, because I wasn't very preoccupied with the ecology until like I had time to think about what I really want to try to change, not in this world, but at least in the community of like my school where I actually can make uh, a difference and I decided that like with the ecological situation we can't even feel it like in Ukraine because we never had the climate we had like this year even with this crazy winter we had this year like plus 10 degrees one day and snow minus 25 another day and that's because climate is changing and that is not no good for us and the same like with the summer we have like rainings for three weeks now and that's like not not normal for european area where we live so that's what we feel and that's what we can see even in our country nowadays and that what makes me think made me think like this year that i i have to make at least a slight difference and that's why we decided to make to make that project at school and also with my friend who is my teammate we were like at cave cleaning the streets like planting trees in the parks and doing other things like to to, to protect our uh, our country and our world at least the way we can do it yes it's a very important issue and if you'd like now can you share your social media if people would like to follow you and speak about these topics or just to follow your daily posts or weekly routine, etc., as well as any projects you're involved with? You can share links if people want to participate and support. Yeah, yeah so where and how can I like share my Instagram, for example, or whatever you can say it here and i will write it in the description as well um yeah so there is probably nothing very special right now because i'm not organizing anything i usually take part in some other programs but what i will suggest uh is 
to um, probably subscribe on like Telegram Ukrainian volunteer service. Uh, there are a lot of um, there are a lot of volunteer possibilities there every week in every city there is something where you can be helpful and that won't be very hard for you though you will make a difference uh, i can like sh share the the name of the account later and there are a lot of also accounts uh, like volunteer accounts and i think that this volunteer movement which started in ukraine like I, I guess not that long time ago, but is developing now is a very good idea. And it really makes our world kinder and better, helps to solve some problems. Thank you. Yes, it's such a wonderful dynamic movement that many of the young Ukrainians are participating in and being so active in volunteering. Thank you, Dasha. It was my pleasure my honor and my privilege and i wish you a brilliant day and a great trip to costa rica when it's time thank you a lot again first for the opportunity second for the work you're making for ukraine and uh, i i heard your story and i think that it's first of all very uh, like remarkable and second of all is it is very uh, it is very interesting that you cho chose that path in your life to make Ukrainian people known and heard in this world. And I'm really thankful for that because our country is now is not how it's represented in, in like popular books in the world. And when I read that Ukraine is considered to be like one of the poorest and the worst countries in the world, like in some book, I am always very upset. So in, with initiatives like that, I'm I'm very thankful again. Thank you. That really means a lot to me. And yes, and the beautiful thing, it's not only showing foreigners the reality about the wonderful Ukrainian people, it's showing Ukrainian people each other, how many other wonderful Ukrainians are there, which gives them more hope and motivation to act, stay active, and change the future of Ukraine. Thank you again, Dasha. It's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs>